0: Yeah, the coronavirus has the NBA season on hiatus and it may have put an end to another disappointing next season. We break down the wild times in the basketball world, evaluate the next season, and look ahead to what's next for the orange and blue. We also chat with two-time NBA champion, an NCAA champion, and a New Yorker. It's Los Angeles Lakers swingman Danny Green joining us. All that and more next on Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Welcome to Big Apple Buckets, our New York Knicks podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Kazim Famiwide, a.k.a. Kaz. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Kazim, that's K A Z E E M. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday, so hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. And all those good places, rate us five stars and write a nice review. NBA champion and current lecker Danny Green joins the show today, so let's get to it. All right, well, this is different. Uh, Usually on Big Apple Buckets, we start off uh, talking about how terrible the Knicks played and, you know, what coach we need to hire and if R.J. Barrett is going to be an all-star and if Mitchell Robinson is going to be a starter. All that stuff kind of seems pointless Basically, because right now, uh, not just the NBA, but the entire world is going through something that is completely unprecedented with the COVID-19 epidemic, also known as coronavirus, which has devastated countries all over the world from China to Italy, Australia, most of Europe, and uh, now the United States. It's crazy because, you know, this thing has been going on uh, pretty heavily in China since the beginning of the calendar year. Not just ourselves and the athletes and we'll get to Rudy Gobert in a minute. But a lot of people, including our government, didn't really take the threat seriously until it really uh, hit home with the NBA. The New York Knicks, who played one of the final games of what may be the regular season, Uh, last week when uh, Jake, helped me out here. I don't even know who they played at this point, but I think they won.
1: They did beat the Hawks, Kaz, in overtime. That could be Vince Carter's final game, too, if you
0: remember. Right. 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 And, you know, shout out to the Knicks for that classy move of letting Vince Carter (laughs) get that last three off, which could be his final bucket in his NBA career. We're we're in very unprecedented times right now, man. Uh, Who knows? I know Adam Silver uh, recently was on the uh, inside the NBA on TNT where Ernie Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal and uh, Kenny Smith talking about uh, how possible it is that the, the season possibly restarts in the next 30 days or at least an evaluation um, if it's even safe for the NBA to start in the next 30 days. That's a very optimistic take that people are looking at. Um, I've heard two months. I've heard possibly middle of May to June where, where the NBA season might uh, restart. but And, and that's just One part of the process right now i mean even if the nba does restart who knows if uh they'll continue with the last games of the regular season maybe they'll just go right into the playoffs maybe the nba and and give them credit here they haven't been married to the past or married to tradition they are definitely have been looking into so many different things to really up the uh you know the the engagement and the interest in the game. So who knows if it turns into a, an end of season tournament or in-game tournament for the eighth seed or a play-in game. There's a lot of things up in the air right now with players health, fans health and uh, staff's health at the uh, utmost uh, forefront of everything going on. Obviously, uh, Rudy Gobert was the NBA's, uh, I guess, uh, Project X or, 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 you know, uh, he was the first uh, outbreak monkey, for lack of a better term, uh, when it came to the NBA. And in addition to Rudy Gobert, not only openly talking about, you know, he wasn't really taking it that seriously and kind of playfully uh, rubbed his hands on microphones and and was was joking around with teammates his teammate and fellow all-star donovan mitchell also contracted the coronavirus. And Christian Wood, who I uh, played against on the Detroit Pistons only a few days earlier, who gave buckets, by the way, uh, also contracted the virus. It's a little scary. It seems like it's been a, a big reality check for everybody in the entire world. And uh, just things that we take for granted and things that we, uh, as Westerners, you know, as, as people and culture, just know what we do affects the, our fellow man. As Americans were very and, and just as capitalists, I guess, uh, a lot of us are taught to fend for yourself and think for yourself. And very individualistic, it's a very individualistic country that we live in. But right now, more than ever, we all kind of need each other. We all kinda need to uh, be a little bit kinder and do things that granted, all the research that's been shown on coronavirus, it will mostly I mean, and we're just saying, taking that term lightly here, mostly doesn't affect uh, people of good health, that doesn't have pre-existing conditions and probably lowered in the age of 60, you most likely will be okay if you get this virus. So we've seen updates from Gobert, who seems to be getting along just fine. Donovan Mitchell, who's also seemed to been uh, getting along just fine. Right now, all of us kind of have to be a little bit better to each other and just, you know, stay inside. I mean, I'm recording this episode of Big Apple Buckets. From my office in my house right now with, uh, you know, with, with a blue mic and some headsets. And uh, Jake is producing this up in New York as well in his home. And, um, you know, right now safety is paramount and social distancing is the only way that we can slow down this pandemic that's going on in the NBA and around the
1: world. Dr. You know, Kaz a- is in the building. Dr. Kaz yeah. is here replacing <laughs> Dr. Oz. And I'll say this, Kaz, is yes, we do need each other, but physically we don't because you don't want to be, you know, within six feet of anyone. And now they've essentially shut the city down where you can only order takeout or delivery. So Seamless is having a party here while, you know, restaurants and servers and bartenders are fending for their lives. And, you know, they've even made a thing here where landlords have to understand this and people who can't pay rent they have to allow them to pay it when they can i mean there are going to be people who are out of work for months so this affects everyone around the world but really here in new york now and now everywhere else they're getting shut down where you know jobs are being lost so it is crazy times to be here i am under a sheet i'm going to tell you some spooky stories i need some marshmallows uh bring me back to like (laughs) boy scout days i could use a couple girl scout cookies at this point
0: yeah absolutely man and uh just switching it back to the nba right now i mean granted all this is going on there's still lots to be discussed about what happens with the rest of the season especially with the New York Knicks uh they finished their if the season was to end today and it's all likelihood it might be that they would finish with the sixth worst record in the NBA and uh you know now we're looking at the same place we were at last year when it's time for ping pong balls and it's time to start looking at draft prospects and even that that kind of muddles up a lot of things right now because is there going to be a draft combine is there going to be a nba draft at all like is there going to be any of like the, the way you could even travel is changed right now because you can't really go and see these people are you just gonna scout and draft players off the YouTube highlights and not meeting these people or FaceTime interviews like this you know this is you know it may not mean much to a team that's established like you know the the Brooklyn Nets but the New York Knicks I mean this is what they've been waiting for right now you know a lot of these players that they signed in the offseason last year might not be on the team next year so this affects free agency this affects the NBA draft this affects rookies you know like a lot of these players that the Knicks have had their eye on especially it's a a very guard heavy draft you got guys like uh, Anthony Edwards out of Georgia who looks like a stud you got LaMelo Ball who was uh, the, the, the youngest ball brother but seems to be the one with the the highest ceiling out of the three, especially with Lonzo starting to come around right now in New Orleans. You got Cole Anthony, local product, Queens, New York. His dad, Greg, played for the New York Knicks, even though the North Carolina Tar Heels had a pretty disappointing season, NBA scouts and players around the league are very high on Cole Anthony and his potential as a professional basketball player. RJ Hampton, another guy who went with uh, LaMelo Ball over to Australia to play in the NBL and uh looked pretty impressive coming out of high school there is a lot of things in the air james wiseman guy from university of memphis who played only a handful of games with the team before he was declared ineligible i mean these are people that the knicks will have to look at and now don't may not even really have the chance to get in front of them face to face or speak to them or even know when they'll be able to get in front of them and and play some games or Just see what they are. You know, there's only so many things that YouTube highlights can tell you. But, uh, you know, that's where the Knicks have to look right now. And um, right now, it is an absolutely stunning time in sports right now. Uh, The day the sports stopped is what the back of the New York Post uh, said a few days ago. And it couldn't be more apropos, man. It is a strange, very strange time.
1: And the NFL, Kaz, is really carrying the sports world right now with all the moves going around and quarterbacks moving and Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. Sports Center and the the sports world and sports writers are saying, "Thank you, NFL. You have saved us because." You talk about the NBA and the draft when it might come back. Let's be real. If the season comes back, it's not starting till June at the very earliest, and that's going to make – you have to move the draft back. I can't imagine they're going to have the draft while the playoffs are going on. A guy's going to get drafted that might take over a position of guy who's in the playoffs. It's just going to be a weird situation if they have the draft during the playoffs. So you need to push that back to July, maybe even August. Do you push the lottery back? The lottery is usually in May right before it leads up to one of the playoff games. Do you push that back? That has to be discussed. Do you change how that goes? There's a lot of questions to be answered regarding the season coming up, Kaz. And, you know, the playoffs, I don't know what you think. In my mind, I make it a best of, you go right to the playoffs, you make it best of five, and, you know, make the finals best of seven. But every series leading up to it, you make best of five. And you don't have all these days off. You do, you know, you do game, game, maybe a travel day off, and then game, game. Enough of these two to three days off in between games. There won't be enough time to make it up if you do that. So their scheduling has to change and you can start with the playoffs. And what the NBA has going for them, Kaz, is that the West and East is pretty much settled. The East, the team after the eighth seed in the East is far enough back. In the West, it's three and a half game back between the eighth and ninth seed. And in the East, it's five and a half, the Wizards behind the Magic. So you pretty much know who the top eight are, the order may have changed if you played more games. But 66 regular season games is enough. That's more than they had in the lockout year when the Knicks made the finals. So it's a long enough regular season. Some would argue that the season should be shortened anyway to 66 games uh, in the future. So I think you move right to the playoffs and you make it best of five.
0: I'll give it to Adam Silver though, man. He's a guy who thinks outside the box. He's a guy who's not married to tradition. And uh, if I'm him, I, 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 you know, you mentioned that, that Eighth seed in the West was still pretty much up for grabs. And if you're a guy who wants to get the NBA season back rocking and rolling, I do a play-in tournament. I do a single elimination play-in tournament for that eighth seed. I get or 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 two two uh two games round robin with the Memphis Grizzlies, the New Orleans Pelicans the Sacramento Kings and the Portland Trailblazers. You let those four teams battle it out. And then that winning team goes to the eighth spot. And then you get the season, you get the playoffs going right then and there. How exciting would it be to see Zion Williamson and John Morant battling it out, you know what I mean? For that eighth seed in the playoffs, or you got Damian Lillard and De'Aaron Fox with Carmelo Anthony. And Marvin Bagley going at it, you know what I mean? Like it would this be is something fun, that
1: but it, it's not fair to the Grizzlies who have a three and a half game lead, and then the Spurs are going to say to that, "Hey, we're only half game behind the Kings, Pelicans, and Blazers," so they're going to say we want a part of this tournament. I think it might just add too much time. I agree, it would be fun, it'd be cool. I just don't know scheduling wise, and if it's that fair to the Grizzlies who have kind of a little bit of a cushion.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, but life's not fair, bro. Like, I mean, the, obviously going in, in uh, uncharted territory when it comes to everything going on. To- the nba and his scheduling but at the end of the day once things are deemed safe again for you know player and mind you a lot of these teams a lot of these games that might be played in june are probably going to be done without fans in the crowd and on top of that you know like They're going to have to get some people some butts in the seats digitally. I mean, like when it comes like watching these games, you know, I mean, there's going to be you're going to have to have a reason to tune in. And granted, yes, we're going to be starved for sports. We're going to be starved for competition. There's only so many empty arena smackdowns and UFC fights I could watch before I want to watch some actual basketball again. And, uh, you know, there's going to have to be something uh, done there. And, uh, you know, that eighth seed was still very much a race. So do you just go unfairly and just say, hey, tough nuggies, we'll try again next year? Or do you give them a shot and just kind of give a, a real jolt back into the NBA season? Do it over the course of a weekend, no days off, four games straight, straight up AAU style, and then start the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I just don't think it's that fair, and I also think there's not going to be enough time. I mean, the time this starts, it's already enough. If they do best of seven for every series, this thing is going to go into August. I mean, think about it. You have the quarterfinal, you have the semifinal, you have the conference final, and then the final. That's four rounds. Say you know, they take up to a week and a half to two weeks each, that's an extra eight weeks. If they start mid-June, it's going to go to August, and then after that, you're talking about September as training camp. So a lot of those teams who made the playoffs, they're tired, they don't have the same time off that they may have to push next season back it's just I think it just adds too much to the puzzle but you know I I hope they at least come back with the playoffs even if it is as is but I do think they got to make it shorter man I think best of seven is a lot and you know some of these series will be really good because these teams are going to be you know at the same kind of unequal advantage where they've been you know sitting at home they've been a lot of these guys are home playing video games it's going to be some sloppy basketball at least for that first round
0: I, I disagree. I don't think it's going to be sloppy at all. I think it's going to be, you're going to have well-rested LeBron James, well-rested Kawhi Leonard, well-rested Celtics, well-rested uh, Raptors and, and Giannis. And I, I I have to disagree there, man. Like, I think it's going to be a straight-up blood fest and absolutely just, you know, being the king of looking at the silver lining here as much as I can. The NBA and the brass in the NBA have been talking about starting the season at Christmas. So, I mean, if the season goes on and ends around, say what, August, November, you know, I mean, uh, September, I mean, I don't understand, you know, I don't think anybody would be terribly mad if the first game of the NBA season starts on Christmas day and you have the, uh, you know, you have the marquee games and then you play the rest of the regular season games the day after, and then you really get things going in January. I mean, this might be one of those happy accidents where, you know, a lot of those games between October and December, they don't really mean much. Those are just things that you do to kind of get people into the seats and get people ready for the season. The season really starts on christmas day and it really kicks up after the all-star break so i mean you know i'd rather have 60 plus extremely competitive games than 82 games where like 20 of those you're not getting Kawhi leonard 10 of those you probably get lebron james sitting out the fourth quarter you got steph curry and even you know and and on top of all that another thing we're not talking about the brooklyn nets the next time they play a game, they might have the services of a certain seven-foot, two-time finals MVP, and then you're going against the Toronto Raptors, which is, that was the last team you played against before you went down with your Achilles injury. I mean, there is so many variables here when the NBA hopefully eventually gets back to regularly scheduled programming.
1: What do you think when the playoffs arrives, Kaz? What's What's your pick? I said the Clippers before the season, and I love what they did at the trade deadline, so I'm taking the Clippers over the Bucks in the finals, where's your head at?
0: I've said it at the beginning of the season. I'm going to say it again. This is the Lakers championship to lose. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are the best duo we've seen since Kobe and Shaq. And I have a hard time believing anybody on the planet earth can be a motivated LeBron James in the postseason. The guy's been there too many times. He's seen too many dynasties. He's seen too many uh, all-time teams to go down against a team that, you know, I, I think he can handle the Bucks. I think the Clippers are going to be a dogfight, especially now that they're probably going to be all well-rested. But, what you know, you got to understand, if the Lakers and Clippers do meet each other in the playoffs, those are seven road games for the Clippers. That is the Lakers arena. You know what I mean? Like, so even if they're playing in Staples Center and they change the paint and do all that type of stuff, trust me. Those are seven home games for the Lakers.
1: You mean Billy Crystal and Clipper Durrell and Bill Simmons aren't uh, out, out uh, lasting Jack Nicholson?
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a little different this year. And uh, I think it'll be a little different every year. I mean, the Clippers just got to hope and pray that they don't run into the Lakers in the playoffs. But I, I think it's inevitable, I think it's a collision course for them. And uh, those crowds mean something different, man. It's going to hit different when you really don't have that home court advantage in your home court in the playoffs. Like, it's it's a rare position for that team to be in. And as good as they are, uh, just kind of rail-thin closeness, I choose that home court advantage, that home city advantage, and the fact that you have LeBron James, one of the greatest basketball players to ever live, who has always risen to the occasion when, you know, the time has called for it. To uh to do what he does best. And I think it's gonna be another championship for the for the king. And speaking of Lakers, we have one of their key players coming on next. He's a New York native and a swingman for the LA Lakers. Danny Green out of Long Island, New York, is joining us right here on Big Apple Buckets. And joining us today on Big Apple Buckets is the current Los Angeles Lakers swingman. Two-time NBA champion with the San Antonio Spurs and the Toronto Raptors. He's also the host of Inside the Green Room podcast. And most importantly, from North Babylon, Long Island, right here in New York City. A former member of the Manhattan All-Stars and Long Island Lightning. Make noise to Danny Green joining us on Big Apple Buckets. It's been a year to remember in, in so many ways. Just not knowing what, when the next time you're going to play a game. Uh, how have you been doing? What's life been like? What's uh, what's your daily routine right now? Until uh, you know, life get, kind of gets back to normal. A
2: little out of whack, man, to be honest. A lot of guys, as you can see, are uh, bored, uh, figuring out uh, what hobbies to pick up uh what they want to do during this time it's a fun vacation business uh, but at the same time still doing workouts individually not do team workouts or anything like that but individual workouts, workout trying to stay uh, in the gym you know probably just doing stuff around the house that they were putting off or procrastinating doing uh and I've been doing organizing and cleaning and getting stuff done around the house and some guys are anything uh, to explore their city which they're probably not just stay in the house, but be able to, you know, do what you didn't want to do. I guess you protect the city since you have gotten there.
0: Now, obviously, the season has is, is been uh, very, a lot of ups and downs, uh, but, you know, after playing with Kawhi Leonard last year, winning a championship, playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis this year, it seems like, you know, when the season does return, it's going to come down to one of those two guys uh, as far as leading a team to a championship in the Battle of Los Angeles. What has been a difference between uh playing with LeBron James and playing with Kawhi Leonard? Obviously, LeBron
2: is more facilitated. more of a play card. He's going to lead a lot longer he a lot longer, but he's been a league longer than Dwyer. You know, he's learned how to play with different types of players or different teams and learn how to win with different types of uh, teams. But for the most part, you know, they're, they're very similar. They're both freakish athletes, big body specimens that, are, that can get to anyone on the floor and score whenever they want to uh, defensively, when they want to turn around, they can't. They you know, both are very capable of leading any team to you know, the finals. I think mean, when it comes down to it, obviously, there's a thing thrown a wrench in the season, um, which a lot of people think will have the best playoff you'll ever see because you have to be rested, but you also have, you know, a worst pass you'll ever see. I do how long guys, the teams will be rusty. Hopefully, it doesn't take too long, but uh, so it'll be an exciting battle when we do get back to it. And uh, we'll a lot of fun, hopefully, in the playoffs, and hopefully, we'll see an interesting uh, matchup in that playoffs.
0: Now, when it comes to you, especially being a player who has, you know, been one of the, the, the better role players in the National Basketball Association, your job is, seems to be always being able to stay ready. Whenever your name is called, whenever the ball's past you to knock down a shot, whenever you have to go and lock up the other team's best perimeter player, the biggest part of your job is usually staying ready. So with everything going on right now in the world, how specifically are you staying ready for when it's time to head back onto the hardwood and make that championship run? It's
2: just staying in shape, man. Um, doing my little workouts, trying to stay around as much as possible, keeping communication with my guys so we continue that chemistry on and off the floor, taking care of my body way I need to the way I should The uh, rest, this time should be helpful but at the same time that you can't let it be hurtful uh, by taking too much time off and not, you know, staying game ready. It's hard to simulate or prepare for a game. You're not able to work in group, groups or play, you know, pick up games. easy to get out of shape fast But you know, if you're staying on top of yourself the way you need to take a lot of it while working out, that's the only way to stay ready.
0: Your upbringing in New York, man, You played in Long Island, played in North Babylon, uh, the Manhasset All-Stars. You know, you went to North Carolina. You you, you had one of the more storied careers in in, in the NBA, you know what I'm saying, without necessarily being one of those superstar named players. What do you attribute that to as far as being able to play at so many legendary programs, championship teams, legendary players? What do you attribute that ability to always be helpful to a championship team to?
2: I mean, a lot of work. So put in those situations and opportunities. I've been very lucky and we're very blessed. Uh, adaptable, and am adjustable, and I had to learn that uh, from you know, being in college with with uh, many different stars or different guys that could play on, on, on NBA level. In high school, we had a, a very good team. Uh, many different guys went to different, um, you know, different division one schools. Um, and then so on and so forth. Every uh, team that I've been on, i had to adjust and adapt and play different uh, roles with different, you know, I guess different systems. So in this league, you have to be somewhat uh, adaptable and adjustable you know, to different situations. Uh, also, the game's changed a lot now. But, you know, a lot of that, I've been lucky to put in certain situations and opportunities but Just being able to adapt and adjust and learn that um, at an early age, high school and in college, it helped me uh, basically uh, be successful at
0: it. All right, so Danny, I mean, now that you guys are kind of away from each other, just give me a glimpse into what that Los Angeles Lakers group chat looks like right now, because I know you guys probably can't be around each other right now. But what's what's the group message looking like? Who's staying active? Are you guys cracking jokes? Are you guys staying loose? Like, what does what does it look like in there right now?
2: No, guys are active. We're still a family. family, family. People aboard. Usually, there's a lot of weird conversations and on the base doing this and a lot of times You'll see a lot of funny memes, a lot of Instagram posts, but uh, mostly just updates on I mean, what we can and what we can't do, what is we're able to leave, what we have to do when we're leaving. Um, but you know, for guys, it's still you know, crack jokes and funny uh, memes and funny links posts uh, in the chat. Uh, but mostly, just, most of the time, we just update each other what we're doing, where we're at, what we're uh, trying to do in the near future, you what know, the NBA.
1: Yeah. Danny, are you a big supporter of Taco Tuesday? First off, and second off, is LeBron like a big jokester off the court? Do you guys have a lot of fun off the court?
2: Yeah, man. I don't know if you can tell, but he's he's a character. Uh, on and off the court, or i over Taco Tuesday. I have, I do eat tacos, but not necessarily on Tuesday. And nor do I, I celebrate it. Which, you don't know, celebrate as a group or anything that. But I'm a fan of it. But I have not been to Taco Tuesday. Uh, sit down group or with him per se but, uh, i am a fan of tacos and, and just like, I eat them, whatever home, just about what say.
0: growing up in new york were you a big knicks fan as a child i mean obviously you know this is a knicks podcast but i'd like to know who you uh did you ever root for the knicks growing up was that your team what, what was it like growing up here no not necessarily my dad I was a Mike fan growing up
2: in the late 80s and 90s, Uh, so we watched a lot of of the Bulls when I was a kid. The Knicks um, were pretty solid during that time, for the most part, but they never were going to championships. I wasn't really a big Knicks fan uh, as a kid, but I was a a big Michael Jordan fan growing up. And then as I got old enough to, for my own opinion, I was just a fan of certain players and not, not too many teams, and at that point, the Knicks weren't as good as they were. Um, they weren't making the playoffs as often. And, you know, just never never grew up in a household with a mixed mix fan household.
0: Just to uh, kind of continue on to just kind of your career journey. I mean, going from the San Antonio Spurs to Coach Popovich, to Nick Nurse in Toronto, who won a championship in his rookie year, to uh, Frank Vogel now, who's been highly respected and done an incredible job leading the Lakers in the Western Conference. What has been the telltale difference between all three of those guys? And and in fact, all four of those guys, because you played for Roy Williams for four years as well. Uh, who do you think you've learned the most from out of all four of those coaches? Well, I
2: have to say Coach Williams and, and top I mean, I was with them the longest. Coach Williams, I was a young kid, becoming an adult. My four years of college, I learned a lot, like a lot about not just basketball, but, but like on and off the court, and also top being around so many different guys from different countries and learning about, you know, he taught us a lot about what was going on in, in the world, you know, not just basketball, you know, political, political stuff, and learning, you know, guys, things they went through growing up and in the areas, and keeping updated with what's going on in the areas, kind of opened my eyes uh, a lot. With you know things like this are happening now, because I would never realize or understand the importance of um, of where it started from had I not been with Pop in the first, because I was always stuck in our little basketball world or stuck in just, you know, I would never touch United States, but because, you know, I was able to play for a guy like Pop, I understand, you know, how it affects the world. How something in you know, Argentina might affect, you know, from up here, something over in Brazil or something over in Europe, um, all those things, you know, not just basketball. I but, you know, I'll talk to taught me how to be a professional, cultural did as well. But I learned a lot more from those guys off the court than I did uh, on the court, especially, which made it um, on those guys, you know, key people And, you know, who I am today. Now, not only them, uh, but a lot of what I've learned and a lot of who I am also have to attribute to my high school coach. Clues, who recently stepped down from Iona, he, he's a guy that kind of shakes me. He did shake me, um, but he's a perfectionist, and uh, he's never satisfied. And that attitude, that mentality, kept me, you know, hungry, kept me going, and wanting more, and wanting to do better, always on and off the court.
1: And Rick Pitino has big shoes to fill taking over for Clues at Iona. It's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. What do you think about that? What do you th- can Pitino fill that void? Obviously, he's a monster name, but is, is he is he to the echelon of Clues? Um, I,
2: I wouldn't know. I'd have to ask you guys a placeholder. I'm not very, I can't him, but I know he's, I've heard and, and seen his resume. Obviously, he's a great, uh, resume, he's a great coach. He's done some great things in his lifetime and in his coaching career. So, uh, I would like to think so, but, but I've never played for him. I don't know him well enough. I'm sure one day I'll get a chance to, a little, to you know, talk to him in the year of so his principal series, in um, basketball, IQ, but I'm sure that he's a guy up to the task to do so. They wouldn't have him yeah, He wasn't, there. So we'll see how it goes.
1: You mentioned Coach Pop before. What is he like? Off, I, I have a feeling he's low-key funny, but we always see the stern and one-word an, one answer to the media. What is Pop off the court? Does he make you laugh at all during practice? Is he hard on you guys? Tell us about Pop.
2: Uh, for sure. Uh, Pop is definitely a comedian. Uh, I do have see that. You got to see that within the media. You got to see that when you talk here and there, but off the court, not comedy, but when he's on the court, it's very focused and intense. You know, he's not a child of jokes. He is a, a stand-up comedian when it comes to that uh, sort of thing. He's a, a, a real laid-back grandpa, real chill, off the court. Uh, makes a lot of jokes when he stays on the court, very intense and focused.
0: All right, Danny, last question I'm going to uh, ask before we get out of here real quick. You've done a lot in your career. You know, you've played for a lot of teams, played for a lot of championship teams, but you have the Green Room Podcast. I mean, there's a lot of people, I guess, kind of forcing themselves to kind of look at life after basketball. Is broadcasting something that you've uh, wanted to do after uh, your playing days are over? Is that something that you've kind of focused on afterwards?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely an area and I was looking into I went to Sportscast Sportscast U a couple of years ago. I've done it. You know, I've done some stuff with my podcast uh, inside the green room, which has helped me build a resume and get more in the rest behind the scenes and on the mic and trying to people and how to interview people, um, et cetera. Uh, so it's definitely something that uh, is a strong option that I'm looking at. Um, you know, I'm not saying you know, this is exactly what I want to do. This is the only thing I want to do. I would say hopefully, hopefully have a lot of time before I make that decision. But you know, that's just one of the options that I would like to have or like to do when I'm done.
0: He's a two-time NBA champion, current Los Angeles Lakers swingman, host of the Inside the Green Room podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at DGreen underscore 14. Danny Green from right here in Long Island, New York. Thanks for talking with us, man. And stay safe out there, brother.
2: Thank you, man. appreciate you guys. You too.
0: Uh, Keep clean. Yes, sir. Wash your hands, guys. Wash your hands.
2: (laughs) Thanks for the kudos.
0: And that's a wrap for episode 22 of Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Thanks to our producer, Jake Brown, for producing this show all season long. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Greatest five stars. And write a nice review while you're at it. Also, subscribe to my new show, Say Less With Kaz on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, everywhere else. Thanks for tuning in each and every week to Big Apple Buckets. We'll talk to you next time. Stay safe and wash your damn hands.